A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The ongoing energy crisis and Russia's state-controlled energy giant Gazprom says it will severely cut gas into the European Union that's usually delivered through its main offshore pipeline. Gazprom says it's stopping operation of another compressor turbine for Nord Stream 1, which pipes Russian gas into Germany and is already operating at reduced capacity due to what it calls the technical condition of the engine. Ultimately, this means from 4am on Wednesday, gas supplies into Germany will drop to 33 million cubic metres each day, or just 20% of capacity. The move adds to winter supply security worries for Germany, where the economy ministry say officials knew of no technical reason to reduce deliveries via Nord Stream 1, which stretches 760 miles under the Baltic Sea. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky and the EU accused the Kremlin of gas blackmail, while in the early hours of Tuesday Russian missiles attacked coastal villages in the Odessa region broken turbine is apparently still awaiting arrival after maintenance in Canada, with Moscow saying it hopes the works will be done sooner rather than later. Kremlin previously blamed shortfalls caused by maintenance issues on Western sanctions. To unravel this latest geopolitical twist, we're joined by Professor Samir Dani, an operations management expert at Kiel University, who specialises in global supply chains and the impact of the Russia-Ukraine war on oil and gas prices. So what's the latest that's happened today? Russia has said that they're going to be reducing the gas from Gazprom and is going to be reducing to 20% only. Although some of the articles are saying that they're going to cut uh, the gas supply completely. But uh, as, as I understand, uh, out of six turbines, one turbine is working and uh, it's going to be 20% of supply uh, through the Gazprom, which is a big uh, hit to uh, supply within Europe and specifically Germany. And can you explain a little bit about what Nord Stream 1 is and how it works? So the, the Nord Stream uh, pipeline uh, is, is, a, is a kind of wider pipeline network that connects Russia to Europe for uh, gas supply. Um, and uh, Nord Stream 1 is, the, is a pipeline that runs from um, Weborg in, in northwest Russia uh, and uh, it goes all the way to Germany, and it's a direct supply of gas um, rather than going through tankers and and and, and trucks and, and stuff like that. So it's it's quite strategically, it has been very important uh, as Russia and, and and Europe set that pipeline, and it has been uh, a, a kind of regular supply. 
um, and and uh, quite useful in terms of that immediate relief of of gas requirements to Europe. Uh, and that's why they were working on the Nord Stream two, uh, which kind of got uh, suspended uh, when the conflict started. Um, otherwise, the supply would have increased further between Russia and Europe with the Nord Stream two pipeline. Then there's this turbine fault. What's the official explanation? What Russia is saying today is that out of six turbines, only one is working, and they're saying that they, some of them need to uh, have maintenance done and and sent to Canada for the maintenance. The other one requires certain parts for the uh, maintenance, and the parts are stuck due to the sanctions. Also, there is an there's this kind of altercation at the moment because Siemens uh, is saying that uh, it's just a matter of uh, customs paper. Uh, not being uh, correct at the moment there's nothing there's no issue in actually uh, getting it repaired uh, of course uh, russia is saying that due to the sanctions set on the supply chains it's difficult to get the parts in and and, and get that repaired with that one one turbine even if it goes into uh, you know if it's repaired uh, the projection is that it will increase the supply to 40%, uh, not more than that, because for a full 100%, um, approximately, it needs all the turbines working. It says that at this moment of time, uh, or, or this, this particular time period every year, there is a maintenance uh, scenario. And after the maintenance is completed, then that's when Europe would start um, uh, stockpiling the gas for the winter. But of course, now, if the gas supply itself is constrained, then uh, there would be issues in terms of how much it can stockpile also uh, for, for the winter across Germany as well as overall across Europe. What's your take on the real reason behind the supply crisis for Europe? Is it genuine maintenance or is there something else going on? I think it, it's all all of these things combined. Uh, there, will, there, will, there will be a maintenance issue. There are sanctions in place. There are uh, uh, movement supply chain issues across in terms of even, you know, gas from sending turbines to um, say Canada, etc. for the maintenance. Uh, but it's also the fact that, yes, there has been this altercation between Russia and Europe uh, initially in terms of the payment uh, um, uh, the sanctions and then trying to convert to rubles for the payment um, for, for the gas and then uh, trying to reduce the gas supply to Europe in, in order to leverage uh, a little bit of that. So I, I wouldn't say it is primarily... Um, uh, the, the war or it's primarily the maintenance. I think all of these factors are combined in terms of how it's playing out. Of course, U- Ukraine has offered that in case the uh, Nord Stream, uh, the, the uh, gas pipeline is not working, then they have said, why don't you um, transfer uh, supply gas through Ukraine? Uh, could be done through tankers, could be done through other things. But of course, that's not taken up uh, at the moment as a suggestion. Uh, it also means in, in terms of the negotiations between Europe and, and Russia, uh, to what extent uh, both parties are willing to help and collaborate each other on the, on the gas issue. At the end of the day, uh, Europe has said that they're going to wean themselves off uh, Russian gas uh, by next uh, year, uh, ex- excluding a couple of countries initially. go to the ads please do stay there to hear more from professor dani on the future of fuel security in europe why not hit rate and follow in the meantime it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Professor Dani, is it possible what's happening with Nord Stream 1 with Germany could impact consumers here in the UK? Well, I think knock-on effect at the moment in terms of energy, because, uh, see, we don't rely on on the gas or, or to that extent coming to the UK, but because our energy companies, which are privatised and, and, and rely on uh, the wholesale prices uh, or worldwide wholesale prices, automatically the energy prices go up. Um, internally for us. And that has an impact on manufacturing, that has an impact on retail, that has a uh, final impact on the food. Uh, 55% of our food is imported. So anything that comes in as a commodity item or, or through other places where the energy prices are going to increase the cost uh, is going to increase the cost at our end anyway. So I, I don't think anybody can control this domino effect uh, the domino effect can be controlled only if the energy inflationary pressures, if the, if the world comes together to try and curb the energy wholesale price uh, as as a universal thing at at this at the at, at the kind of central level, uh, uh, and uh, perhaps there is more negotiation with various energy bodies uh, across the world that come together to find a solution to this worldwide problem. This is not related to Europe or the UK only. Has Russia got form when it comes to weaponizing resources? Russia used gas as a leverage, has been using gas as a leverage in the 1950s to um, kind of create a wedge between Europe and the US. And that's why since the 1950s, um, Russia has increased its gas supply to Europe to try and make Europe reliant on, on Russian energy. And so... This has always been a very strategic uh, imperative uh, for Russia during the Cold War to, to keep the Europe away from the US to that extent by keeping uh, it reliant on, on, on energy coming in from Russia. So I think we all have over the last 60, 70 years, all, all, all over the world, this growth we have seen and the, the whole manufacturing uh, uh, output and, and, and retail environments, etc., all that we have seen post-World War II and then more in the liberalization process in the 1990s through China becoming the manufacturing hub of the world, energy consumption has been on an increase as we go into more capitalist and, and, and kind of um, uh, consumer economy. So Russia has been at kind of the one of the major centers of that energy supply across uh, Europe and Asia. And um, to an extent, that has been their leverage all, all, all this time. Plus, uh, we have seen from this uh, particular conflict that uh, Russia and Ukraine have, have been major uh, holders of uh, grain, 
across the world so a lot of lot of low income countries actually are suffering now because of the sanctions and food grains not coming out of this region russia has been uh, a major supplier of fertilizer across the world which again hampers food production if if that fertilizer production uh, or fertilizer supply chain stop uh, and we see with a highly digitalized world um, a lot of the chemicals required in the processing of uh, computer semiconductor chips that go into all our digital equipment uh, also comes from the same region of russia and and uh, ukraine so if that stops that supply stop that has an impact on on our digital economies also uh, in that sense so i think we're all this the, the kind of the whole world's economic scenario is is quite entangled um, with the russian state at the moment although they've tried the sanctions and they've tried all of these things it it has it means that the rest of the world has to make sacrifices or change the way uh, they rely on certain um, requirements in the future if if that's what the strategy is going to be what steps are germany and the eu taking to find alternatives to russian gas european union decided in, in recently that they were going to try and win Uh, Europe off Russian gas by uh, early next year also there were some some countries excluded from that agreement initially but the uh, essence is that um, if they have to reduce themselves of that gas requirement they have to either go into electricity heating uh, scenarios very quickly rapidly and that electricity then has to be generated through either more renewable sources rather than non renewable in the short term what germany is trying to do is to increase the electricity heating scenario or electricity electrification in itself they are going to start using coal which again goes against uh, all the net zero commitments that have been set in place at the moment europe is negotiating for lng liquefied natural gas uh, coming from uh, the middle east uh, and and north africa through um, tankers uh, to europe instead of gas coming through russia in the kind of longer term but there is again a competition because that lng uh, is getting diverted towards china because china has increased requirements for natural gas us is a major player now within the natural gas scenario as well as um, with crude and other other uh, sources being developed within um, south america and and places like that so there will be that uh, you know you can't wean off um, the kind of uh, non renewable at the moment uh completely uh, because the world world relies on that and the, and the whole inflationary pressures are because of the energy scenario at the moment and and these gas prices so with russia's um, declaration today again the gas prices in in, in the wholesale markets have gone up and it will have impact on lots of industries who are going to be using uh, natural gas Uh, either for their processing or or heating uh, scenarios and finally how will this impact consumers on the continent this winter it's a kind of domino effect because energy is being used in every household the the energy prices have gone up inflationary is hitting of course uh, as you look at the pyramid scenario yes it will it will have have a big 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 impact on uh, lower income households uh, because again you have to you know look at the co- rising costs both in terms of food and energy food and energy are the two big expenditures uh, that account for everything across every household and as winter creeps in energy would be required to keep warm and and of course food is a necessity of life so as inflationary pressures go up the cost of food is increasing now it all depends on how governments tackle the the whole food security issue as well as the energy energy crisis i think i think even governments are hands are going to be tied to an extent uh, unless they go into public distribution systems and and start looking at that from a war like scenario but who knows who knows how things will turn out
There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 4 p.m.